3: The star, it continued to move and call them, Follow me. We don't know how they determined just who or what this star was leading them to, but these magi, these wise men, were convinced that this star was something worth following. But then, as time passed a week, a month, three months, a year there must have been great debate over whether they should even continue to follow. After all, there were serious issues to consider. Their jobs and responsibilities back home, the cost of keeping up the caravan, those longing to see their friends and families, but the wise men persisted. And as they sent messengers back to their homes to report their progress, there must have been more than a little murmuring. Were these wise men confused or crazy, under some sort of spell? There must have been calls and demands to return home, but they refused to quit. These wise men continued to follow the star, And little did they know that their search was about to place them in the middle of one of the greatest struggles between good and evil this world has ever known. But think about it. These wise men, they had organized a caravan with perhaps only a few weeks' supplies. And here it was, more than a year later, and still no answer as to just where this star was leading them. There must have been murmuring and grumblings from the people in their caravan. After all, they hadn't signed on for such a long trip. They wanted to go back home now, but the wise men refused to quit. They continued to follow the star. Then finally, there was a break. The wise men and their caravan came into the land of Judea and to the palace of King Herod. Assuming that everyone had seen the star, including Herod, They asked him, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. What? Herod thought secretly. Another king? I'm the only king. The Bible tells us that Herod then consulted with his own priests and scribes who explained to him that prophecies had foretold of a king of the Jews to be born in Bethlehem. Herod burned inside with anger and envy. There could be no other king. But he composed himself and carefully explained to these wise men just what he knew, and that he too wanted to see this king. He too wanted to worship him, and he directed them to Bethlehem. But before they left, he instructed that when the wise men found this king of the Jews, they were to return and tell him so that he could follow. The wise men agreed and left to continue their journey, unsuspecting Herod's real intentions." Then, finally, as much as two years after the wise men first saw that star, after perhaps hundreds of miles of travel, the star rested, shining brightly above a meager house in Bethlehem. Now, we don't know just what happened, but the Bible tells us that when the wise men came into the house and saw Jesus, they fell down and worshipped him. Then, they pulled their most precious gifts from the backs of those tired and worn camels and laid them at his feet. They give him gold, the purest material known and worthy of a king. Frankincense, which was used in those days for the worship of gods to carry prayers upwards with its sweet scent. And myrrh, a balm used to soothe those who were physically suffering. These were the first Christmas gifts. And in these gifts, the wise men were saying that they recognized this young child to be a king, a god, and a great healer Of physical suffering. They had searched and finally found. We don't know how long they stayed, but before they began their return home, one of the wise men had a dream warning them to take a different route home, a route that would not take them by Herod's palace. So they did. Joseph also received a dream. An angel appeared telling him that a terrible death was about to come over the land and that he must flee immediately to Egypt with his wife and newborn child. You see, when Herod discovered that the wise men had tricked him, he was furious. He was the king, and he was determined to stay the king, the only king. And he was willing to do anything to keep this position. So he gave an order that would make even the most seasoned soldier's blood run cold. He dispatched the Roman army to Bethlehem with specific instructions. Find every male child under the age of two and kill each and every one. You see, King Herod was convinced that if he killed each male child in Bethlehem under the age of two, that this so-called king of the Jews would be gone forever. So, a terrible slaughter of the innocent took place. But by now, Joseph, Mary, and the young child Jesus were gone, and they would stay gone until he was safe to return. And what happened to Herod? History tells us as little as two years after that terrible massacre he ordered in Bethlehem, Herod died a violent death. He had been determined to kill the real meaning of Christmas, but he failed. And over the centuries, many others have tried to silence this wonderful and special message of Christmas. But today, over 2,000 years later, The message of Christmas is louder than ever. I'm taking a break now, but when we return, I'll tell you a story you won't believe. I'm Jerry Stewart. I'll be back with more of this special Christmas program after these messages.
4: Hello, this is Kelly Stewart. Christmas is a season for giving. And in the spirit of this Christmas season, Jerry and I have a very special offer for you. Buy today's program, Looking for Christmas, for a special low price of just nine ninety plus $5 shipping and handling. That's a complete copy of today's program on CD for less than $15 delivered right to your door. It's our way of saying thanks for your great support. To place your order, call 817-576-2976. Operators are waiting. Or you can place your order online at jerrystewartusa.com that's today's program at the reduced price of just 9.95 plus $5 shipping and handling that order number again is 8175762976 or order online at jerrystewartusa.com. thanks so much for listening and have a very merry christmas
3: thanks kelly before we get back to the show i want to give you a big thank you for listening each holiday faithfully to my programs. I started producing these special holiday programs all the way back in 1998. And here we are today, still going, still growing. And the reason for our success, it's you, the listeners. Without you tuning in each holiday and then passing the good word on to your station and to others, without you, it just wouldn't work. So thank you. And one last thing, one favor I ask of you. Please take time today, this season, and pray for our America. Pray for those serving overseas. Pray for those in difficult circumstances. Pray to the Christ child, the Prince of Peace, to give them peace this day, this coming year. So keep the faith.
5: Faith Talk 570, WTBN. Since childhood, Brooklyn has struggled with debilitating anxiety. But she found comfort on the radio.
3: It was like every single time God was just telling me again, I'm here for you. And focus was that ministry he used to be that voice I needed in that exact moment of time.
5: I'm Jim Daly. Give the gift of family to help more people like Brooklyn. And when you give today, your donation will be doubled. Call 800-A-FAMILY. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com
6: app
3: Hello and welcome back to this special Christmas program. I'm Jerry Stewart. If you're like me, you have dozens of wonderful memories about Christmas past, that one special gift, that one very special person you spent Christmas with for the very first time and seeing it all again through your children's eyes. But just when was the first Christmas celebrated in America? According to my research, the very first Christmas celebration in America was in Jamestown, The people had had a terrible time in that first U.S. settlement, and many, many people had died from disease and Indian attacks. But on that Christmas day, 1607, the mere 40 survivors of the original 100 settlers tried their best to raise their spirits by saluting the birth of Christ. Interestingly enough, the pilgrims who later came to America in 1619 didn't even celebrate Christmas, but why? they certainly believed in Christ. Well, in his Christmas sermon in 1712, the Reverend Cotton Mather said it this way. He said, can you in your good conscience think that our Holy Savior is honored by mad mirth, by long eating, by hard drinking, by lewd gaming? He might have had a point. But despite the Puritans' efforts, Christmas celebrations grew as our country grew, and now Christmas is the most celebrated holiday in our America. But here's a Christmas trivia question for you. We all know that Santa lives in the North Pole, working diligently all year long to make presents for kids all over the world. But just where is it colder, at the North Pole or the South Pole? Interestingly enough, the South Pole. Why? Because the South Pole sits on a mountain which makes it colder than at sea level, where the North Pole is. And speaking of cold and snow, why does it never snow in some places? You say, simple, it never gets cold enough. Well, that's true in some spots, especially those closest to the equator. The climate is always too warm. But think about this. Mount Kilimanjaro, the highest mountain in Africa, is just next to the blistering hot equator, but it's top. Is always covered with snow. Why? Because it's so tall that the higher its elevation gets from the Earth's surface, the colder it gets, making the temperature below freezing, even at the equator. And here's one for you. What happened at Silver Lake, Colorado in 1921? Amazingly, it snowed 76 inches. You say, so what? Here's what it snowed 76 inches all in one day. And it was not even winter. That incredible snowfall occurred in the middle of April. Wow. And almost as bad was a snowfall that hit Thompson Pass, Alaska, on December the 29th, 1955. Over 62 inches. Once again, all in one day. Unbelievable. And here's one last bit of snow trivia. Why is it that snow sometimes... Squeaks. Yeah, that's what I said. Squeaks. Well, when the temperature is 20 degrees Fahrenheit or colder, soft, wet snowflakes turn into hard, rough ice crystals. And the squeaking that you hear when you step in the snow is the sound of thousands of tiny crystals bumping into and sliding past each other. Amazing. But of all the amazing stories I have ever heard or read or told, This next story is truly one of the most amazing ever. Leonardo da Vinci is one of the greatest painters in the history of our world. Two of his paintings, the Mona Lisa and the Last Supper, rank among the most famous pictures ever painted. Da Vinci painted the Last Supper about 1495, over 500 years ago. He created the scene by painting it on a wall of the dining hall in the monastery of Santa Maria delle Grazie. Of course, this picture depicts in da Vinci's mind just what the scene might have actually looked like at the last supper Jesus had with his disciples at just the moment Christ answered that one of them would betray him. Now, in his painting, Leonardo changed the traditional arrangement of the figures from a line of 13 figures to several small groups. Jesus sits in the middle of the group, and the disciples are huddled in groups, each one responding in a different way to his announcement. Now, according to historical information provided, da Vinci wanted very much to depict just what that scene might have really been. So he spent over seven years... Completing this one painting. And to make the picture seem alive, he actually used living models for each apostle's face. So, as the story goes, he studied hundreds, perhaps thousands of faces to get just the look he wanted. He spent over five months looking for the face of Christ until he finally found just the model, just the man who best portrayed the true innocence and beauty of the Son of God. And once he had completed the face of Christ, da Vinci believed that the hardest part of painting was completed, but that was not to be. It took another six years to complete the disciples, finding just the right model, imagining in his mind's eye just what the expression of each disciple might have been at that moment, each disciple taken back by the Word of Christ. Someone in that room would betray him? How could that be? These 12 men who had been with Christ throughout his entire ministry, and Peter was adamant. No, Lord, he said, it is not me. I would die for you. When you study the painting, you can see the astonishment, the confusion, the fear on each man's face, save one, Judas. Leonardo da Vinci had spent six years searching for the face of the betrayer Judas to find a living model of what Judas represented seemed impossible. After a long search, da Vinci felt his painting would never be completed. He would never find the face of Judas. But then he heard of a man in prison at Rome. This man was sentenced to death for various brutal crimes he had committed. Da Vinci rushed to Rome in hopes of finding his Judas. And when he saw this man's face, he knew his almost seven-year search had ended. When Da Vinci looked at him, he saw an ugly, vicious face, scarred and full of hate. This man would be his Judas. So, by special permission of the king, the prisoner was allowed to pose for Da Vinci. And for six months, the man sat at each appointment silently as Da Vinci painted every detail of betrayal. Finally, when the painting was completed and the prisoner was to be taken back off to die... He broke his silence. The man broke away from the guards and rushed to Da Vinci. As he fought to get closer, he cried out, Look at me, do you know who I am? Da Vinci was taken back. He looked with his gifted artist's eye. No, I have never seen you before this painting. Then the prisoner looked toward heaven and cried out, Oh God, have I fallen so low? And Then he turned back to da Vinci and said through his tears and anguish, You do know me. I am the same man you painted only seven years ago as the face of Christ. Suddenly, da Vinci recognized, realized. So, the next time you see a picture of that famous painting, The Last Supper, look closely at the gentle, innocent face of Jesus Christ and the face of his cruel betrayer, Judas, both the same man. And let this be a lesson to us all of the powerful and destructive effect sin and ungodliness can have on our lives. I'm Jerry Stewart. I'll be back with more of this special Christmas program after these messages.
1: Fake Talk 570 WTBN
7: Sacrifice When you have children, sacrifice just comes with the territory You sacrifice a new club for a new baseball glove You sacrifice a weekend getaway for a church missions trip You sacrifice because you love your child And you want them to have every advantage Let us help you lessen the sacrifice it takes to send your son or daughter To the finest Christian schools in Tampa Bay By half, that's right When you go to ChristianTuitions.com, you'll find half-off tuition for some of our community's most reputable faith-based schools, ranging from preschool all the way to Bible college. And you won't have to sacrifice hours in the car either. Our partner schools are located throughout the Bay Area. Chances are... There's one near you. You want the best for your child. You're willing to sacrifice. And here at Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910, we're ready to help with half-price tuition to faith-based schools. Explore your options today at ChristianTuitions.com. That's ChristianTuitions.com.
0: Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule.
8: I have more energy. I can get up and get going. I can do things I couldn't do. I can walk in the store instead of jazzy. I can uh, clean. I can do things I haven't done for eight years since I had the failure and uh, had been on dialysis. It's helped me to walk. It's helped me to do heavy laundry, to clean my house, to feel like I'm not dying all the time. It just gives me a happy, I mean, it's helped so that I'm not depressed and sad and worried all the time. And mainly it has given like a um, a new boost in life. I really believe in it. I love it.
0: For a limited time, use discount code now. And we'll take 35% off your first preferred set of fruits and veggies and have them shipped to you free. Call 800 246 or go online to balanceofnature.com and use discount code now.
9: I'm Special George Ballard out of uh, A7 Sabre Company. I want to give a quick shout-out to family and friends back home.
10: Private First Class Emily Schiff, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to all my family back in Florida.
9: I'm Captain Horace Grant with the 191 CSSB, I'm currently deployed in Poland in support of Atlantic Resolve. I'd like to give a shout-out to my wife, kids, mom and dad. Love you guys. Miss you all. Brought to you in the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of service by Walser Wealth Management and Faith Talk, 570, 910, and FM
8: 102.1.
9: And now
3: we return to Looking for Christmas. Hello and welcome back to this special Christmas program. I'm Jerry Stewart. One of the things I like best about this very special season is all the Christmas music. I can't think of a single Christmas song I don't like. But just who sang the first Christmas song? The angels. The Bible tells us that they appeared to the shepherds. It was like a grand heavenly choir singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to all men. That was the very first Christmas song. And since that first song was sung over 2,000 years ago, literally thousands of Christmas songs have been written. It was in the early 1950s that one longtime cowboy and western singer Mr. Gene Autry recorded a song that became a huge hit. The song was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and us kids back then loved it. But this very popular Christmas song has a special significance in my life because my singing that song put me in a very strange situation. It was Christmas, 1954, and like all first graders, I was so excited about all the holiday happenings. Well, just about that same time, television was still very new in America. Most people still didn't even own a TV. But in my town, the local TV station was experimenting by bringing on some local programming. And onto the scene came a new TV program, The Bobby Peters Show. Now, it was strictly a kid's show, and Bobby Peters, with his pure white hair, wearing, of all things, a tuxedo, would make the show fun for kids. The audience was made up of kids, and they'd have birthday party groups with games and prizes and kind of a talent show All of this on live TV. Well, my mother heard about this new show and this idea of kids going on to the show to sing or dance or whatever, and she thought of me. I was already a bit of a ham, and at six years old, I could carry a tune. So my mom took me to the TV station to try out. I can still remember walking into that big room with black tile floors, standing by a grand piano while a lady played and I sang Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Well, after I finished, Mr. Peters talked with my mom, and it was all set. I would come on the show that Saturday before Christmas and sing. Now, I was just a rowdy six-year-old kid. I didn't pay much attention to what was going on. So when Saturday morning came, my mom dressed me in my Sunday best and took me to the studio. Quite frankly, I had never really connected the whole live TV thing. When I got there, it was a little different setup. They had me stand behind a curtain during the show until it came time for me to sing. And then when it was time, Bobby Peters, all dressed up in his fancy tuxedo, the studio stands full of kids ready to have some fun, he introduced me and the curtain opened. When it opened, I marched my way out to the spot there by the piano, faced all the kids in the audience, and on cue, began to sing. Now at first, everything was fine, but then something began to happen. There was this man who had this sort of box on wheels, and he began to push that box closer and closer to me as I sang. Now, I didn't know exactly who this guy was, but he was definitely in my space. Why didn't somebody tell him to get off the stage? But nobody did. Now, remember, I was only six years old, and all I wanted to do was to sing my song and get out of there. But this guy kept getting closer and closer But I was determined to do my job. I kept my eyes on the audience and continued to sing. But then something happened. This man with this box on wheels began to do this. Psst, kid, look over here. Hey, look over here. What? Ignore him. Ignore him, I said. Keep singing. Until finally it was too much. Just when the right moment came and there was a brief piano interlude, I turned to this fellow and said quite loud, hey, why don't you just leave me alone? Can't you see I'm trying to sing? And then, as if nothing had just happened, I turned back to the audience and on cue, finished my song. When I was through, I headed for the exit, but Mr. Peters grabbed me up, laughing and clapping. He was cracking up, and he asked me the all-important question, Jerry... Can you come back again next week? And I answered emphatically, no. And I marched off the stage. Well, I did find out shortly after that who that guy was. He was the TV cameraman. And the box was a TV camera. I had just told a cameraman on live TV to get lost. Well, over the next few months, Bobby Peters continued to ask me back And with the help of my mother's bribes of toys and trips, reluctantly, I kept going back. And these times, I looked at the camera. But to this day, when I hear the song, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I think about that white-haired man in that tuxedo, all the kids yelling and carrying on, and that guy, that pesky guy with that box, and me on live TV telling him, To get lost. I'm Jerry Stewart. I'll be back with more of this special Christmas program after these
4: messages. Hello, this is Kelly Stewart. Christmas is a season for giving. And in the spirit of this Christmas season, Jerry and I have a very special offer for you. Buy today's program, Looking for Christmas, for a special low price of just nine ninety plus $5 shipping and handling. That's a complete copy of today's program on CD for less than $15 delivered right to your door. It's our way of saying thanks for your great support. To place your order, call 817-576-2976. Operators are waiting. Or you can place your order online at jerrystewartusa.com. That's today's program at the reduced price of just 9.95 plus $5 shipping and handling. That order number again is 8175762976 or order online at jerrystuartusa.com. Thanks so much for listening and have a very merry Christmas.
3: Thanks Kelly. Before we get back to the show, I want to give you a big thank you For listening each holiday faithfully to my programs. I started producing these special holiday programs all the way back in 1998. And here we are today, still going, still growing. And the reason for our success? It's you, the listeners. Without you tuning in each holiday and then passing the good word on to your station and to others, without you, it just wouldn't work. So, thank you. And one last thing, one favor I ask of you. Please take time today, this season, and pray for our America. Pray for those serving overseas. Pray for those in difficult circumstances. Pray to the Christ child, the Prince of Peace, to give them peace this day, this coming year. So keep the faith. Remember the real reason for this season and keep spreading the word. God bless you. Now, back to the show.
11: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Immigration authorities say an 8-year-old boy from Guatemala died in government custody early today. That marks the second death of an immigrant child in detention this month. It's all happening against a backdrop now of a partial government shutdown in the border wall funding debate. Both sides have given a little bit when it comes to the money involved. They cannot seem to come to terms, though, on what it should be spent on. President Trump says... The partial government shutdown is going to continue until he gets the money needed to secure the southern border. Queen Elizabeth II gave her annual Christmas message today, noting that only a few people acknowledged Christ when he was first born. Now billions follow him. On a lighter note, the Queen noted that 2018 was a busy year for her royal family. Two weddings, two new babies, and another due next year. She said, quote, it helps to keep a grandmother well-occupied. This is SRN News.
10: Typically at Christmas, we focus on a baby born in Bethlehem. But the most extraordinary part of the Christmas message is that Christ, who came to earth and lived among us, can now be born within us and live in our hearts. Hi, this is June Hunt from Hope for the Heart. Jesus was born in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago, and that was a miracle. No less miraculous is his incomparable offer to live in our hearts today and every day. So as we pause to celebrate Christmas, may the reality of Christ living in your heart fill your life with peace, hope, and purpose. And may his presence in your heart shine before others, showing them the real reason for this season, the true meaning of Christmas
12: That's surroundtampa.com, connecting you with new customers. Weekday mornings at 9. Don't
1: miss Moving Forward with Dr. Stephen Rummage. The good news is that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came to us when we could not come to God, and He gave Himself. He offered Himself up on the cross for our sins. Praise God for that. Moving forward with Dr. Stephen Rummage, weekday mornings at 9 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN, online at letstalkfaith.com.
7: There was a tiny crack in the corner of Mike's glass, spreading like a spider across his windshield. He wasn't worried, his first thought was a new free windshield and cash on the spot. He called 813-96-GLASS.
1: Cash back with
2: comprehensive insurance. Faith Talk five seventy W T B
3: N. Hello and welcome back to this special Christmas program. I'm Jerry Stewart. Christmas is my favorite time of the year with all its magic and wonder, and all the decorations and lights. Speaking of lights, did you know that originally when people trimmed their Christmas trees, they actually placed burning candles on the limbs? And even though these candles were beautiful, needless to say, they were also a huge fire hazard. In fact, most households kept buckets of water standing around the living room just in case their tree caught on fire. Not a pretty sight. But you know what happened? Finally, in 1895, Ralph Morris... A telephone company employee saw the string of lights that lit up the telephone switchboard. And he got this great idea to put the string of lights on his Christmas tree. Well, he took those lights home, wrapped them around his tree, and immediately the idea caught on. And today, Christmas lights are everywhere. Every color, every shape, every design, and all much safer. Thank you, Mr. Morris. Today we've spent this time talking about the great search for the meaning of Christmas. We've looked at those who were there that first Christmas and how the wise men searched for perhaps years and traveled hundreds of miles to find the Christ child. Well, since that first Christmas, this very special time of celebration has certainly produced some wonderful and miraculous happenings. We've looked at some of these stories today. But did you notice that so many of these very special stories are about children? Why is that? I believe it's because children can more easily see with eyes of hope and faith. They haven't yet been tainted by the skepticism and disbelief we adults have come to live by. Yes, children still wish and dream, and most of all, they still believe. They still see the magic of Christmas. It's no wonder the Bible says, a little child shall lead us. You see, that first Christmas is about a small child with a big plan, a plan that would change this world and our hearts forever. No, the wise men weren't the only ones to give gifts that first Christmas. God gave a gift, a very special gift, His Son. A wise man once said, Those who bring sunshine to the lives of others cannot keep it from themselves. That's so true. And sometimes when we give, expecting nothing in return, what comes back to us is absolutely amazing. Marty was eight years old when his family moved to a cozy trailer home in Redmond, Washington. And when the Christmas season came that year, his mom noticed that of all her children, Marty was the most spirited He was her youngest, a cheerful boy with a quaint habit of looking up at you and cocking his head when you talked to him. Actually, the reason for this was that Marty was deaf in his left ear, but it was a condition he never complained about. For weeks, his mom watched him as he eagerly made his bed, did his chores, and silently collected his tiny allowance, putting it away without spending one cent. She wondered, just what was he up to? She found that out soon enough. You see, Marty had a best friend. His name was Kenny. And since they had met, they were inseparable. Where you saw one, you saw the other. So one night when Marty approached his mom regarding a Christmas gift for Kenny, she thought, so that's what he's been up to. Then Marty pulled a small box out of his pocket and carefully lifted the lid to reveal a shiny new pocket compass. He's wanted one for a long time, Mom. Isn't it great? It's a lovely gift, his mom replied. But then a disturbing thought crossed her mind. Kenny's family was very poor. They could barely afford to exchange gifts among themselves. And giving presents to others was, well, just out of the question. They were all so very proud, and mom tried to explain to Marty that Kenny's mom would probably not permit her son to receive a gift he could not return in kind. She gently, carefully explained the problem to Marty. I know, Mom, he said. I know, but what if it's a secret? What if they never find out who gave it? His mom was stumped. She didn't know how to answer him. Well, the day before Christmas was rainy and cold and gray, and that night, as the family was putting the final touches on their Christmas secrets, Mom found herself feeling an odd sadness. As she stared at her kitchen window, she thought, Could the strange and wonderful miracle of Christmas happen on such a gloomy night? She doubted it. Then she saw Marty silently creep out the kitchen door. He wore his coat over his pajamas, and he clutched a tiny, colorfully wrapped box in his hands. She knew where he was going. Down through the soggy pasture he went, a quick slide under the electric fence and across the yard to Kenny's house. Up the steps, open the door just a crack, place the gift on the doorstep, reach for the doorbell, and ring it hard. In an instant, Marty ran down the steps of Kenny's porch and across the yard as Mom watched his antics through the window. Then suddenly, in a wild race to not be seen, Kenny forgot about the electric fence. As he bounced into it, the shock sent him reeling. He lay stunned on the wet ground, his body quivering. Then slowly, weakly, confused, he slid under the fence and headed for his back door. As he came into the house, wet and muddy, trying to fight off tears, he said, I forgot about the fence, and it knocked me down. His mom hugged his muddy little body close to her. By now, a blister was forming on his face from his mouth to his ear. Just what was going on, Mom thought. It didn't seem fair. Such a cruel thing to happen to a little boy while on the purest kind of Christmas mission, doing what the Lord wants us all to do, giving to others. And in secret at that. All that night, she couldn't sleep as she wrestled with her disappointment. The next day, Christmas Day, the rain had stopped and the sun was shining. The streak on Marty's face was very red, but it did not dampen his wonderful Christmas spirit. Soon enough, there came a knock at the door. It was Kinney. He just couldn't wait to show Marty his new compass, and he told the story of how the present mysteriously appeared. It was clear he had no idea that Marty was behind it. Then Mom noticed as the two boys talked that Marty wasn't cocking his head. As Kenny talked, it appeared that Marty was listening with a deaf ear. Weeks later, a report came from the school nurse verifying what Marty and his mom already knew. Marty now had complete hearing in both ears. And to this day, it has remained a mystery how Marty regained his hearing. Doctors speculate that somehow it was the electric shock from the fence. Perhaps so. But whatever the reason, his mom remains thankful to God for the good exchange of gifts made that night. So you see, strange and miraculous things still happen on this night of our Lord's birth. And you don't even have to have a clear night to follow that wonderful star. I'm Jerry Stewart. I'll be back with more of this special Christmas program. After these messages.
4: Hello, this is Kelly Stewart. Christmas is a season for giving. And in the spirit of this Christmas season, Jerry and I have a very special offer for you. Buy today's program, Looking for Christmas, for a special low price of just nine ninety plus $5 shipping and handling. That's a complete copy of today's program on CD for less than $15 delivered right to your door. It's our way of saying thanks for your great support. To place your order, call 817-576-2976. Operators are waiting. Or you can place your order online at jerrystewartusa.com. That's today's program at the reduced price of just 9.95 plus $5 shipping and handling. That order number again is 8175762976 or order online at jerrystewartusa.com. Thanks so much for listening and have a very merry Christmas.
1: Fake Talk 570 WTBN. Who do you work for? Weekday afternoons at 3. Join Jim and Martha Brangenberg for I Work For Him. Who do you really work for?
7: Is it your clients, your boss, your family, your car payment, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for Him? I am.
1: In fact, I work for Him. I work for Jesus Christ. I work for Him. Weekdays at 3 p.m. on Faith Talk AM 570, AM 910, and FM 102.1.
9: It's the worst humanitarian crisis in our lifetime. Over two million refugees have settled in Lebanon. Over half of them, children. Roaming tent settlements with no hope for a future, they are the innocent victims of war and terrorism. But this Christmas, you can join with our Christian brothers and sisters at Heart for Lebanon to help bring them the greatest gift ever given. Please call 877-873-0190. Right now, your Christmas gift of $98 will help bring food and Christian education to 18 refugee children. That's an entire class of kids at Heart for Lebanon's Hope Center. Let's rescue these kids for Christ before someone else captures them for evil. It will be the best Christmas gift you give this year. Call now and be as generous as you can. 877-873-0190. That's 877 873 at Let'sTalkFaith.com.
1: Decorating a light switch cover? That's a do-it-yourself. Rewiring the light switch? That's a don't do it yourself. Don't take chances. Call your locally owned Mr. Sparky for any electrical repair. We always leave your home safer than we found it, and Mr. Sparky's straightforward pricing means no surprises.
3: You don't have to put up with any malarkey call
2: Ain't
1: Sparky. Terms and conditions may apply. Call for details. Independently owned and operated. Licensed in the respective state or county. Faith Talk 570. Hello and welcome back to the
3: special Christmas program. I'm Jerry Stewart. When you look at a manger scene, what do you see? You say a stable full of animals. Mary, Joseph, a few shepherds, throw in some angels, and of course, the baby Jesus. It all looks so quiet, so peaceful, so safe, that sometimes we forget just why Jesus came to give His life for us, to give us strength and courage and hope. Psalm 55 says, Cast thy burdens upon the Lord, and He shall surely sustain thee. Now, I don't know about you, but in my life, God does a lot of sustaining. And sometimes I wonder how He has the time to help anybody else but me. But what is our job, our task? To keep our eyes on Him, our hearts in tune and to play our own small part in that sustaining work. You say, how so? Listen to this story. It's about a woman who recently found herself in the middle of serious traffic on a busy Denver street. And from out of nowhere, her car started sputtering and coughing. And as she coasted into the gas station, irritated and upset, now she has to wait for a tow truck in the cold. And then she saw her. A woman, clearly shaken, looked like she was truly not able to stand, so she walked over and asked how she was. At that moment, the woman dropped her purse. Out of it fell nothing but a nickel. By now, the woman was overcome with sobbing. She was young but clearly worn, dark circles under her eyes, a car filled with boxes and a back seat full of children. The lady looked at the gas pump, and now she understood. It said $4.95, and all the woman had was a nickel. The woman was clearly trying to stay out of the sight of the children. She mentioned that she didn't want them to see her cry. As they talked, the woman told her story of being broke, flat busted, and on her way back to her parents' home. And the lady interrupted, and you were praying? The woman was taken back. No, I assure you. I'm not crazy. God has sent me. The lady went into the fast food restaurant, bought some food, enough for all of them. And as the kids wolfed down what must have been their first real meal for a while, she slipped her credit card into the gas pump. After a few minutes, the woman had stopped crying, and the lady went back to her car that had only moments ago coughed and sputtered and died. The woman called out, Are you an angel or something? No, she said, it's just right now the angels are really busy. Sometimes God uses regular people. As the woman drove off with her kids full of food and her car full of gas, the lady stepped into her car, started right up, probably nothing wrong at all. She thought, sometimes the angels fly so close you can hear the flutter of their wings. The next time you see a manger, stop and look really hard. Realize that the Christ child is still very alive, still cares for you, still wants you to know Him. Today, as you look for Christmas, look at the manger, look at the babe, but don't stop until you've taken a long look at the cross. That's why the baby came. Well, that's all the show for today. Don't stop looking. Don't stop listening. I'm Jerry Stewart saying goodbye for now. May God bless you. May God bless America.
13: We are here to give you strength between Sundays.
14: You have to be mindful. When you get hooked up with the devil, it's not going to work out. You're not going to get away with it. But John 10, 10 says, he came to steal, kill, and destroy you.
13: We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570. Online at Let's Talk
6: The Cal Thomas Commentary is brought to you by Values Through Media. Now here's syndicated columnist Cal Thomas.
15: It's the same every year. The secular progressives trot out so-called learned professors who question whether Jesus was really born of a virgin. Others question whether he existed at all. Easter brings out the same skeptics, and their doubts are reported as if they have credibility. The natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit, and man's inability to explain God and his ways adds credence to the truth of God. At Christmas, those who believe in Jesus celebrate and worship a God who would condescend to become a man in order that we might be saved from our sins and offered a home in heaven away from this sick, decaying, and fallen world. What greater gift could there be What greater gift could anyone desire? Jesus doesn't arrive through one's mind or intellect. He isn't an intellectual argument. Quite the opposite. As the carol says, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. May that be your experience and your family's this Christmas Day and every day and throughout 2019. I'm Cal Thomas.
17: Relive the glory days of the Great American
9: Road Trip on the Great American Road as Travel Cats presents a -a once-in-a-lifetime guided tour of the legendary Route 66. This luxury motor coach tour takes you from Illinois to the California coast. Experience classic Route 66 museums and roadside diners, the Painted Desert, and much more. Only 50 seats are available for this very special Route 66 road trip coming in June. Details at TravelCats.com. That's
6: TravelKATZ.com. That's one place.
2: My mother would say to me, you can't have a testimony without a test. So that's what I look at what happened to me as a child. God has given me an awesome testimony.
5: When Rachel's family discovered she was being abused by a babysitter, they turned to focus on the family counseling for help.
2: I'm just reminded of the goodness of God, how good he is. Because no matter how, how much the situation hurts, God always has a way of healing us and bringing us through that and helping us realize, hey, just because you went through this, it doesn't define who you are. You're defined by my word and who I am, not what others have done to you, hurt you, or abused you.
5: Today, Focus continues to play a role in encouraging and supporting Rachel.
2: It's blessed for family. We, we feel richly blessed by Focus from the family.
5: I'm Jim Daly. Give the gift of family to help more people like Rachel. And when you give today, your donation will be doubled. Call 800-A-FAMILY. If you could do something to protect your
17: family with just 10 minutes effort, would you bother? If something should ever happen to you, that 10-minute effort could mean the difference between hardship and financial security for your loved ones. Life insurance is something most people don't like to think about. Too many people do nothing until it's too late. The reason? People expect it'll be a big hassle ethos changes all that ethos is modern life insurance for people who don't have the time for fine print extra doctor's appointments or hidden fees ethos is affordable it only takes about 10 minutes to apply online and you'll be taking the first step in ensuring your family has the help they need to maintain the life you're building for them even if the unexpected happens Ethos brings you choices that don't require an in-person meeting with an agent. And in most cases, there's no need for a doctor's appointment. Ethos, life insurance for the 21st century. Apply online in just 10 minutes. Get a free quote now at getethos.com. That's get ethos.com. Get ethos.com. <laughs>
10: jesus it was a good thing that you were born at night because this world seems dark sometimes the whole world seems on edge kind of mad and dark lord jesus you entered the dark world of your day this christmas please enter ours we're looking for our star
1: merry christmas faith talk 570 online at letstalkfaith.com Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at Let's Talk Faith.com, a service of the
18: Salem Media Group. Here's the latest from SRN News.
8: With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. President Trump says parts of the government will stay shut as long as Democrats refuse to build more barriers on the U.S.-Mexico border, seemingly dashing hope for a Christmas miracle that would soon allow several departments to reopen and employees to return to work. Asked when the government would reopen, Trump said, I can't tell you when the government's going to be open again. Meanwhile, the president has confidence in Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, calling him a very talented guy, a very smart person. Trump also reiterating his view that the Fed Reserve is raising interest rates too fast, but the hikes by the independent agency are a form of safety for an economy that's doing well. The death toll from the tsunami that hit the Indonesian islands without warning is past 420. With more than 1,400 people injured, thousands were left homeless when the waves smashed coastal areas of western Java and southern Sumatra. At least 128 people are still missing. For more details, srnnews.com.
19: The miracle of Christmas is the miracle of the incarnation of God. Imagine, the creator of the universe decided to become one of us, to walk where we walk, to experience what we experience, our joys and our sorrows, our celebrations and our sufferings. In so doing, Christ became our special representative to the Father, a high priest who can empathize with our prayers because he has personally experienced everything we go through in life. To celebrate Christmas is to celebrate the gift of love, forgiveness, and understanding between God and man and peace on earth among men of goodwill. I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. This is A.R. Bernard. You could have gift, talents, and abilities and soar with them. But if you don't have the inner qualities of character to sustain it, everything that you build can collapse because you didn't have the strength of
12: character. Welcome to A.R. Bernard Ministries. You are about to hear from A.R. Bernard, one of today's most influential voices in ministry, a best-selling author and charismatic teacher of spirit-led truth. Today's thought-provoking message and captivating word will empower you spiritually, inform you intellectually, and motivate you with renewed strength to stand boldly in your purpose and live out your faith in today's ever-changing culture. Tune in and join us now for A.R. Bernard.
19: Our problem is we cannot distinguish between the things we can control and the things we can't control. So if we don't think we can control it, even if we can, we will act as though we can't. And you must distinguish what is under your control and what is not. Even in the field of medicine... Do you know when they cannot find a cure for some ailment, they try to find a way to keep it under control so that the individual can lead a normal life? What are strengths? Strengths are your gifts, talents, abilities, the things that come natural to you. Where somebody else would have to work hard at it, to you it comes so easy. The reason it comes easy, it's because it's a gift, it's a talent, it's an ability that God has deposited in you, and it is your strength, hallelujah, think about the gifts, the talents, the ability, think about the things that come natural, and quite often, here's how we are deceived, we are looking for the glamorous, we're looking for the spectacular, so we diminish our strength, because we don't think it's spectacular enough, and yet to the person who is weak in that area, they wish they had your strength. The devil always tries to talk us out of our strength because that's where we're going to accomplish great things for God. Those things that come natural to you. And there's some people, they have a knack for organizing. Just some people, they could just quickly look at a situation and quickly assess the situation, come up with a way to make things flow and to function more smoothly. And there are people who look at the same situation and remain clueless. If you can come up with a way, I'll help you get there. That's just the way it is. Isn't it true? What comes natural to you? What comes very easy? See, when when it's a strength, even when you sit down to learn about it, you learn easily and rapidly. Why? Because it's a strength. There is something that resonates inside of you with it. And in fact, here's how you know. Every time you see someone doing what is your strength, you gravitate to it. Yeah, there could be 50 different things going on. Once you spot something that is your strength, there is a resonance. Come on, you know the law of sympathetic resonance here. There is a resonating that takes place and you begin to gravitate to it. You say, where are you going? I just want to see what they're doing and how they're doing it. You're not interested in anything else. Why? Because you tend to gravitate to what is your strength. Because in your own mind, you're thinking, I can do that and I can do it better. Uh Uh-huh. Your strength is not just external in terms of the expression of your gift, talent, and ability, but your strengths are also inner qualities. Your character. Strength of character. Wow. In fact, You need that to protect your gifts, talents, and abilities. Because you could have gifts, talents, and abilities and soar with them. But if you don't have the inner qualities of character to sustain it, everything that you build can collapse because you didn't have the strength of character. Inner qualities, your values, your motivations... What motivates you in the use of your gift, talents, and abilities? That determines whether what you do has longevity or simply a short-term experience. When your values and motivations are right, what you build has a lasting effect. Some people will see, well, I want to do what Pastor does. I want to stand up there on stage and smile for the camera (laughs) because it just looks glamorous. It just looks... Number one, you have no idea what goes into. You, if you had a behind-the-scenes look, that'd be another story. I'm going understand what I'm talking about. But if your motivation is wrong, then you're going to have problems pursuing what you're pursuing. When we get to him, we're going to talk about Joseph. And Joseph basically had two strengths. That's all. Two incredible strengths. One of them was a character strength. and inner quality. And it was integrity. And because of that inner strength of integrity. When that woman wanted him. Because he was very handsome. Bible says he was a very handsome man. And one woman just couldn't take it anymore. And they were by themselves. And she just leaped on. Leaped on the man. No offense ladies. This is the Bible story. Leaped on the man. And when she grabbed him. All Joseph could do was just drop his shoulders so she can just grab his coat. And he dropped his coat and he ran. His integrity caused him to leave that coat and flee. And sometimes managing your weakness is running. Oh, you missed what I said. Joseph didn't stay there with that woman saying, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Your skills are strengths that you have developed. Strengths that you have developed. So they're your gifts, your talents and abilities. These are things that come natural to you. They're inborn. They're strengths which are inner qualities, your character strengths, values and motivations. And your skills are simply those strengths that you have developed. Is this making sense to you? Is this helping you at all? Strength, some questions about strengths. What do you desire to do that no matter how many times or how long you suppress it, the desire keeps coming back up? I'm going to take you through a series of questions to help you identify and think through your strengths. Strengths. I just don't want to tell you develop your strength and manage your weakness. I want to take you through a process of discovering them. And if you're open and you come with a positive attitude, not a negative attitude, ain't that, ain't that, ain't that, ain't that. Then God will give you a revelation of something you may have been sitting on all this time. Because you just didn't give it the value that God gave it when he put it in your this church you take notes you see everybody has their laptops their palm pilots their little notebooks computers and whatnot you take notes because you want to apply this you don't want theory you want practice amen so it's where the rubber meets the road that's a test of what you're learning and your spirituality hallelujah so we've been talking about audacious goals how many of you have been setting some audacious goals how many are moving towards those goals Absolutely. And audacious, remember we gave the meeting. Audacious means what? Fearless, daring, unrestrained by any sense of lack or inadequacy. Now, in the context of audacious goals and audacious faith and audacious power, you really can't think audaciously until you make a quality decision to take your eyes off of your weaknesses. And begin to focus on your strengths. We read about the Apostle Paul. And we read how he kept going back to God. In fact, three times that we know recorded. And he had an issue in his life. A weakness. And he didn't like it. And usually when we experience accomplishment and success, we don't want to deal with weaknesses. Because it takes away from our successful image. But guess what? We all have strengths. And we all have weaknesses. And we never get rid of all of the weaknesses. We must learn to manage them, bring them under control. Would you open your Bible to the book of Judges? Book of Judges. So I talked to you about this idea, this concept. Develop your strengths, manage your weaknesses. Don't ignore your weaknesses. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying ignore your weaknesses. We're saying manage them. If you ignore them, then those weaknesses can sabotage your strengths. I'll say it again. We're not preaching that you ignore your weaknesses. We're saying that you manage them. Bring them under control and under your direction and under the authority of your voice. We talked a little bit about, and I shared with you, the story about the Ping pong, And, uh, you know, they're very, very good at it. And I shared with you how their champion has an incredible forehand, but a very weak backhand. And those who find out seek to challenge that backhand because they want to exploit his weakness. So when asked, when the coach was asked, well, how do you train him? He said, simply, we work on his strength. We work on his forehand. Because in order to get to his weak backhand, they've got to get through his strong forehand. And if that forehand is so strong, they'll never get to that weak backhand. That's the idea. I shared with you the opportunity that I had to be in Miami during a particular basketball game. And there was one particular player that I had no problem with once he got on the foul shooting line. And what was his name? Thou Sayest. Some of you are familiar with that King James language. Anyway, Shaquille O'Neal is terrible when it comes to shooting foul shots. God just did not bless him in that area. In fact, it's a weakness. And that weakness is exploited from time to time. He'll be fouled purposely to get him on the foul line, right? But that is not what he focused on. He focused on his strength. His strength is to where? Down in that center, all right? Being strong in that movement and in that position. And that's the critical thing. We have weaknesses that we have to deal with, but we must learn to manage those weaknesses while we develop our strength. Turn your to neighbor to neighbor. I hope you're getting this. You're getting this. Develop, your develop your strength. Manage your weaknesses. We cannot be all things to all people. This is just impossible. I don't think you will find any ministry that is all things to all people. Each ministry has its strength. It is that gifting that God gave it that makes it who it is and gives it its uniqueness. So how are we successful? We identify what that strength is and then go to work on that strength while we manage our weaknesses. We all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. Let's go to Judges, the book of Judges, chapter 6. That is in the Old Testament towards the front of the book. All right, Gideon is the individual judges now interesting because judges follows the book of what you sure all right joshua was about leading listen moses brought the people out of bondage and oppression joshua's job was to take them into the promised land notice the people who come out of oppression are not always ready to go into the promised land Because under oppression, you could learn to have a slave mentality. And that's where everything was done for you. But when you are free, you learn to do things for yourself. So now you have Joshua, whose job was to take the people into the promised land. And Joshua did as best as he could. But a lot depends on the people that were following him. We get through the book of Joshua and now we go to the book of Judges and one phrase in the last chapter of the book sums up the state of affairs for the whole book. It said... And every man, there was no king in Israel, every man did what seemed wise in his own eyes. That is a state of anarchy. When everybody's running around doing what they think should be done, I'm not going to speak on it today, but I will eventually get to the trends that are now moving in the body of Christ and what people are proposing the future church is going to look like and the future of Christianity is going to look like. And a lot of it leads back to the place where There was just that everyone did whatever they felt and whatever they thought. And it was accepted as the Holy Spirit. But when you read the New Testament, you will find that most of the epistles were written to straighten out stuff. Because a whole lot of stuff was going on. And the churches began in households. They were house churches. That's where it began. And these houses will have fellowships and whatnot. But then a lot of strange stuff started going on. And manifestations that were not... The Holy Spirit. So Paul the Apostle was called upon. And a lot of these, these groups shared with him. And as the house churches grew. Because there was no more room. And people still wanted to be connected with that same group. They ended up establishing synagogues. Are you with me? Based upon a Jewish idea. So they would have churches. And then when they went from the house church to the churches. They needed direction. And a lot of what Paul wrote was to bring order to the chaos that was happening in a lot of these situations. So Judges chapter 6 and we're going to begin at verse 1 to give us some of the background. Again the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian, I'm reading from the New International Version, because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts. Shelters is a nice way of saying a hideout. Caves and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza, and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out, to the Lord for help. Israel was in this situation because they did exactly what God told them not to do. He said, When I deliver you from Egypt with a mighty hand and bring you into the land of promise, do not pick up the customs, traditions, and habits of the surrounding nations. These surrounding nations were idolaters, they were polytheists, and they had customs and traditions that were diametrically opposed to the values and the order that God had given to the nation of Israel. Are you with me? Got it? So he said, look, I'm letting you free, and you're going to have neighbors, but don't do as they do. But Israel didn't listen, so they went off. Let's read verse 7. When the Israelites cried to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them from before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listen to me now is that far removed from our experience no because when you were not saved when you were not born again you were involved in the things of this world that were destructive and in opposition to the values of God and when God saved you and brought you out of symbolically Egypt the world sin you were not to go back into those things and start doing again the very things that God set you free from. In fact, the book of Peter puts it this way, for a man or a woman to be set free from these beggarly things that are self-destructive to the imago Dei, the image of God, and for them to return to it, it's like a dog returning to his vomit. Who that's nasty. But that is exactly what God calls the individual who's been set free And then returns to the very things that God has freed him from. Don't point. So here Israel is in that situation. Verse 11. Now let me just say this to you. Whenever there's a situation, God raises up a person. God's answer is always a person. A person infused with a passion that God has placed in that person's heart now you say no 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 it was a revelation that i received when i was up on the mountain well when you come down from the mountain god will have a person because you think about it all right he says Give it and shall be given unto you pressed down shaken together good measure running over shall men give into your bosom god does not send you direct checks in the mail god always uses a person to bless you a person to open the door for you, a person to bring information to you. It is always a person that God brings as his answer to your situation or your condition. This message will be continued. You can watch Reverend A.R. Bernard's dynamic messages online all the time on www.ccc.tv. That's www.ccc.tv. Watch him online and never miss an episode. Also, see additional messages and inspirational stories not available on radio or TV. Join us online at www.ccc.tv. That's www.ccc.tv.
12: A.R. Bernard is the founder and pastor of the Christian Cultural Center, one of the fastest growing churches in America. Thanks to your prayers and financial support, spiritual leader A.R. Bernard educates, empowers, and inspires millions of people worldwide via his radio, TV, and online ministries. Visit our website at arbernard.com.
8: In appreciation, we'd like to offer you the special opportunity to receive A.R. Bernard's best-selling book, Four Things Women Want from a Man. This practical guide is organized in a four-part system from many women who genuinely seek to improve their lives and relationships. The book is the result of the personal wisdom learned from A.R. Bernard's 45 years of marriage and 38 years of counseling and is our gift to you for any donation of $25 or more. You won't want to miss the life-changing insights shared in A.R. Bernard's best-selling book.
20: How do you see God? Who is he to you? Is he a kind and loving God to you? Or do you see him as a stern ruler waiting for you to fail? Do you see him as a powerful yet distant God who is inaccessible to you? Now, in a dynamic study, Reverend A.R. Bernard reveals how it is a part of God's plan to bring us close to
19: him. We study the Word of God to get to know God. The Bible says be imitators of God as dear children. But how can you imitate someone you don't know?
20: God is King. He is truly Lord of Lords, the El Shaddai, the Elohim. He is also Father, a loving Father, who cares for you, provides, and protects you. You can get to know Him personally as one who desires to teach and empower you to be a person of integrity faith, and success. You can come to know how He truly loves you. In this series, Rev. A.R. Bernard helps you know God
19: more intimately as your Father, who happens to be King. The belief as God as Father and King in the mind of Jesus was to pervade all aspects of human life.
20: In this in-depth teaching, You will learn how to know God who forgives, loves, corrects, provides, and protects as a father. You will learn for
19: yourself who God is. The Bible is his revealed truth. It is a revelation of his character, his interactions with human beings, his values, his desires, his ethics, his morality. Taught over the course of several months, you'll journey with Reverend
20: Bernard as he telescopes on the truth, pulling way out to see the big picture and then strategically zooming in so that we can see the crucial details.
19: The opening line of the drama of human existence begins with these words, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's where faith begins.
20: So get to know the truths brought forth in this series by Reverend A.R. Bernard. Learn firsthand the importance of establishing a set of core values and core purposes that will guide your activities and your choices. Learn for yourself through this groundbreaking series by Reverend A.R. Bernard, who helps you to know God is my father, the king. Available now. And it's over 10 hours of A.R. Bernard's teachings that you can incorporate into your daily life. You can order the complete teaching on either CD, DVD, or now MP3 download. The 15 C D set is 99.97. The 15 DVD set is 129.97. And the complete teaching of My Father the King on MP3 can be downloaded right now for $69.97. Also available are My Father the King C D and DVD sets. In parts 1, 2, and 3, each of these sets contain five CDs or 5 DVDs. The 5 CD set is $39.99, and the 5 DVD set is $49.99. And, of course, parts 1, 2, or 3 are now available as MP3 downloads for just $25.99 each. To get yours, simply visit our website. Log on to cccinfo.org. That's cccinfo.org. My Father, the King by Dr. A.R. Bernard. Order today.
13: We are here to give you strength between Sundays.
14: You have to be mindful. When you get hooked up with the devil, it's not going to work out. You're not going to get away with it. But John 10, 10, says, He came to steal, kill, and destroy you.
13: We are here for you. Faith Talk, AM 570, 910, and FM 102.1. Online at letstalkfaith.com.
9: I'm Bill Carl, along with Jack Hibbert from Heart for Lebanon. And the phone number that you can call and make a gift of $98 to help provide Christian education, a gospel witness to 18 refugee children. Is eight seven seven eight seven three zero one nine zero. Jack, it won't be too long. At the Carl household, we'll have the kids gathered around on a Christmas Eve. We'll be telling the story of Jesus Christ, and part of that story is fleeing Herod, fleeing mm-hmm. destruction uh, to Egypt to escape death. And when I hear that story, I think of these children who are in the Bekaa Valley of Lebanon, who have fled certain death in Syria. And now that they've made that journey, that
18: trek, it becomes a big question mark as to what's next. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? Jesus was a refugee. Uh, Let's face it. Look, I I know when we say that word in this country— Uh, Our defenses immediately go up. It's a highly politicized topic, but it's also, I think, Bill, greatly misunderstood, particularly as it relates to the refugee crisis in the country of Lebanon. You know, there's a, a huge difference between what's happening even in Central America right now and what's happened as a result of the Syrian war. And the difference really is choice. These two million refugees that have settled into the tiny country of Lebanon really didn't have a choice. In fact, Prior to the Civil War, most of these families were living very normal, prosperous lives, but but war and terror destroyed everything they owned. If they weren't killed and their house wasn't bombed, uh, they ran for their lives to the closest country, and most of them, as I said, are now living in Lebanon in a farmer's field in makeshift tents with nothing more than the clothes on their back. And these kids, well, they're the innocent victims of all this. They really are. And Without our help, they're either going to be exploited, they're going to be trafficked, or they're going to be radicalized, but we can change all that. With a gift of just $98 to Heart for Lebanon, we'll rescue 18 of these kids for Christ before somebody else captures them for evil, because as you give, these kids will be able to come to the Hope Center, where they're going to get food, they're going to get the only education available to them, but more importantly, it will come from teachers who love Jesus and are able to share the gospel with them. And
9: the gospel is transforming lives in powerful ways, taking what the enemy meant for evil and turning it to good. And you can be a part of that right now. Your gift of $98 provides for a classroom of 18 children to receive food, education, but most importantly, a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The phone number is 877-873-0190. That's 877-873-0190. We need to hear from you right now for you to make that call, for you to make that gift and ensure that this ministry continues 877-873-0190 or go to letstalkfaith.com and click the Heart for Lebanon banner. I'm Special George Ballard out of the uh, A7 Sapper Company. I want to give a quick shout-out to family and friends back home.
10: Private First Class Emily Stith, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to all my family back in Florida.
9: I'm Captain Horace Grant with the 191 CSSB, I'm currently deployed in Poland in support of Atlantic Resolve. I'd like to give a shout-out to my wife, kids, mom and dad. Love you guys. Miss you all. Brought to you in the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of service by Walser Wealth Management and Faith Talk, 570-910-FM102.1.
11: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Immigration authorities say an 8-year-old boy from Guatemala died in government custody early today. That marks the second death of an immigrant child in detention this month. It's all happening against a backdrop now of a partial government shutdown in the Border wall funding debate. Both sides have given a little bit when it comes to the money involved. They cannot seem to come to terms, though, on what it should be spent on. President Trump says the partial government shutdown is going to continue until he gets the money needed to secure the southern border. Queen Elizabeth II gave her annual Christmas message today, noting that only a few people acknowledged Christ when he was first born. Now billions follow him. On a lighter note, the Queen noted that 2018 was a busy year for her royal family. Two weddings, two new babies, and another due next year. She said, quote, it helps to keep a grandmother well occupied. This is SRN News.
1: Faith Talk 570, WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com, a service of the Salem Media Group.
2: It's time for Dr. Jomo Cousins on Fresh Wind Radio. I've had God at my house one time.
14: It was so good, I want God there. So what I want to do is I'm going to set aside a room in my life that whenever God wants to show up, I've already made room for him. See, what happens in this season we call Christmas is we push everybody out. We make room for everybody else.
2: But the question is, have you made room for Christ
14: in this Christmas?
2: We hope you're excited to hear God's word today on Fresh Wind Radio. We've got some incredible opportunities lined up for you later on in the broadcast to support this radio ministry. But for now, let's get straight to the word with Dr. Jomo Cousin. It under
14: the pillow. I want you to hear me. Hear me well. We have a good time, but let's uh, let me be clear. What she did was, once she had a taste of God's presence, I don't want a snack anymore. I want a meal. The Bible says, "Oh, taste and see, the Lord is good." Then she says, you know what, I've had God at my house one time. It was so good, I want God there. So what I want to do is I'm going to set aside room in my life that whenever God wants to show up, I've already made room for him. See, what happens in this season we call Christmas is we push everybody out. We make room for everybody else. But the question is, have you made room for Christ in this Christmas? He says, uh, I want to make room because, see, as you grow in him, less of me. See, see, I used to struggle with money. Yeah, I struggled. Why do I got to do this? Why got to give? When I first got saved, my, my, my boy Mike Bolton said, Joe, now you need to give God 10%. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out, homeboy. Oh, oh. <laughs> now, I give double that. Because as I grow in him, I realize I'm nothing without him. Every gift I have, he gave me. I'm here because of him. Everything I have, the Bible says, if a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. You know how hard it is to find a good wife? There's so many aspects when I look at my life how blessed I am that now this is no longer issue for me. The money issue is gone. Then some of us say, well, Pastor, uh, Sundays are good, but I can't make it to Bible study. You pray every day? <laughs> yeah. I pray every day prayer line and Facebook. And the funny thing is, I try to pray, I get, I, I pray more, and I get more negativity. I've got more negative feedback, I got negative and positive feedback on Facebook. I said, maybe, maybe I should have stopped doing it. I said, because I get so, I, look, look, I ain't scared. <laughs> <laughs> God told me to do it, so I can't worry about people's opinion because people are going to say what they want to say about you irregardless, but I realize the more like him I become, the more I get stabbed. Because let me tell you something. You don't want this commitment. Everyone talk about it like it's funny. You really don't want this commitment at 6.30 every morning. It's one thing to say, yeah, I could do it. This is seven years now. <laughs> there ain't no snooze button. I don't know what snooze is. Committed. So when God asked me to do something, I said, babe, I think God has telling me to do the Facebook prayer more. I said, but I know it's a terrible commitment. Because that means everywhere I go, all over the world, I'm going to be in position. When you really think about the commitment, you would say, you know, yeah, yeah. I'll just do it once a week. But I realize as I grow in him, he wants more of me. In the last two weeks, people keep telling me everywhere I go. I went to a funeral yesterday. You can't even make this up. Pastor Marcus, I'm just going to talk to you real quick. you my brother. Now all y'all my brother, but he funny. Be funny together. I'm at the funeral. And they say, Bishop Cousins, please come to the stand. And I sat right there in my seat next to my wife. And they called again, Bishop Cousins, please stand up. I sat at my seat because I'm Pastor Jomo. That's my name. I know it well. And then they said Jomo, and I said, hi, dog! When did I become a?" I said, "When did I become a bishop?" <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out, Pastor. It happened. And I said, and this is three weeks in a row. Everywhere I go. But as you grow on him, he wants more of you, more commitment, more sacrifice. So now, my calendar is his schedule. My time is his time. Because as you grow in him, less of me, more of him. So this woman right here, let's make room for him in our home. Joshua 24, 15 says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Next scripture, next scripture. This is good for relationships in life. She could not build, she could not have her husband build a room unless they agreed. Amos 3.3, 3, how can two walk together unless they agree? Anything, anything with two heads is a monster. We got to agree about where we're going. There was a season in my life where my wife didn't agree with all my decisions. Still don't. But I have grown enough in God that you trust the God in me. Still not perfect, but you trust the God in me that when God tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. Brothers and sisters, oftentimes your biggest struggle is you're not in agreement. The Bible says when two touch and agree, God goes to work. God can't work in your situation because you can't agree on anything. Let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. Two visions lead to division. Division leads to divide. Divide leads to divorce. I'm going to say it one more time. Two visions means division. Division means divide. Divide leads to divorce. I'm going to say it one more time. When we have two visions about where our family is going, that's called division. Division leads to dividing. Dividing leads to divorcing. That's why you have to be critical to make sure, hey, baby, are we don't want to call. I told my wife, I said, babe, I, I apologize for my mouth. My mouth gets me in a whole bunch of trouble because you know what I've learned, too? Your greatest gift is often your greatest liability if it's not tempered properly. Amen. And y'all know I say some things. Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. So, so with it, you have to be balanced to say, Lord, use me, please. Don't, me let, me, don't let me misuse my gift. Amen. So we have to be in agreement. Okay, back in the kings. Look, It says one day he came there and turned in the upper room to lay down the rest. Guess what? They made the room, y'all. They made the room. Uh, and he said to Gehazi, his servant, not, so, so he couldn't be too struggling because he had a servant himself. He could have stayed somewhere else. Oh, that's another st- sermon right there. She made him welcome. Have you made God welcome in your Okay, whoa. And he said to Gehazi's servant, call the Sheamite." So he called her and she stood before him. Now he said to Gehazi, say to her now, you have gone to all this trouble for us. What can I do for you? Brothers and sisters, this is where you want to get to God. This is where you want to get, where, where, where he said, Solomon, tell me what you want. Woo! Now here's the revelation, brothers and sisters. She didn't realize that, okay, let me say it this way. Sometimes you don't realize on Sunday morning when you had not offering them envelopes. Sometimes when you come to church and you are outside and you do parking ministry. Sometimes when you're in children's ministry. Sometimes when you're in a nursery.
2: You're listening to Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. Dr. Cousins will be back in just a moment with more fresh perspective from God's never-changing word. In the meantime, we wanted to let you know that you can hear our current series and many others by logging on to our website at freshwindradio.com.
14: sometimes when you're ushering or or counting or in the sound booth or whatever it may be, sometimes you don't realize in those seasons where you're you're sowing, you don't understand you're making a down payment, praise God, and one day you're going to call on God and you're going to make a withdrawal. See, what she was doing that she was sowing into the kingdom of God. And the Bible says in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. And the Bible says in Luke 6, 38, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shake it together, and runneth over shall men pour in your bosom. Then Galatians chapter 6 says, God is not mocked for whatever you sow. So see, she didn't realize her obedience. So God was setting her up for her breakthrough. She was just doing what God told her to do. And then the man of God said, now wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. God, my God is faithful. As the Hebrew says, uh, you must believe he exists and you must also believe that he will reward you. So see, so what she was doing, not knowing it, was she was setting herself up for a breakthrough. So then the man of God says, what can I do for you? Oh, Jesus, boy, This I could teach this all day long. Whew. He says this, verse 13. Now, he said again, I say to her, now, have you gone to all this trouble for us? What can we do for you? Would you like to be mentioned to the king or to the captain of the army? She answered, I live among my own people in peace and security, and we need no special favors. Later, Elijah says, when, what then is to be done for her? God. Whew. God has to do it. See, if you're consistent and faithful, he he has to honor what he said. He is not a man that he shall lie. Whatever you sow, you're going to (sighs) reap. He said that he said, call to her. Jesus answered, well, well, she has no son. And her husband is very old. Uh, This is pre Cialis and Viagra and all the other uh, ways to make babies. Uh, When they say he old, that means stuff ain't working no more. Uh, And obviously, uh, let me stop, let me stop, leave right there. Well, in, in, in that culture, it was dishonorable to be married and not provide a man child. So I'm not trying to, well, anyway, just want to make sure I teach properly. Okay. He says this. He said, call her. So Gehazi called her and she came and stood in the doorway. And Elijah said, at this season, next year. Ah. You will embrace a son, not not a, not a daughter. He told exactly. Now listen to me, brothers and sisters. Not saying a girl would have been bad, but but see, a man child was what they had to to be validated. Uh, so so, guess what? This this story told me. Remember, she didn't say what she wanted, but the prophet told her what she needed. The Bible says God will give you the desires of your heart. See, she didn't have to speak it because God already knew it. Brothers and sisters, I don't know who I'm talking to. Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't think like God forgot about you. Don't think that you've been serving for a long time and your breakthrough has not come. Listen, brothers and sisters, stay in your lane. As the Bible says, do not get weary in well-doing for in due season, if you faint, can't quit, brothers and sisters. Do what God told you to do. Do what God told you to do. Whoo, Jesus. She said, No, my Lord, this please don't lie to me. But wait, 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 wait. I thought you said you didn't have a need. Because see, he spoke exactly what she desired. This is a point you need to write down, take home what you think about. If you can make What's important to God, important to you, God will make what's important to you, important to him. I'm going to say that one more again. If, if you can make what's important to God. See, he took care of Elijah when he needed a place to stay in a meal. Not realizing that was her breakthrough. Listen, if you can trust the voice of God when he's prompting you to do something, it's just a down payment on your breakthrough that you do not see yet. If you can just be faithful and obedient, he knows what you want and he wants to get it to you. But he's going to give you tests along the way to see, do you hear my voice? Elijah said at this time next year, you have a man child. If you can make what's important to God important to you. God will make what's important to you important to Him. In this Christmas season, what's important to God? Is it more gifts under the tree, or telling people about the greatest gift ever given? See, this is the great season talking about Christ. See, they, they want to call it Xmas, mean cross out Christ. Happy holidays. Why are we saying happy holidays? Be careful. Notice they're trying to make trying to push them out. Make no room for them. wisdom keys. I got one. Easy. Matthew 633. Look what the message Bible says. This broke it down. Good. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Look what it says here. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you, do his best for you. Why? Wow. Look at this. What am I trying to do? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. You know how many people are stressed out during the season? Relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting, so you can respond to God's giving. Woo! People who don't know God the way. He works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find everything you need. Your human concerns will be met. In this season, brothers and sisters, just focus on him. I've tried to force things in my life to get places I wasn't ready to be. And I got put back down, (laughs) you know, yesterday when they were calling me to the stage. I didn't move. I've been studying Proverbs all every day now. And Proverbs says, never rush to the head table. Wait for them to call you. So I sat there. I wasn't going to move. He had to say Jomo. He could say Bishop, Cardinal. He call what he want to. <laughs> I'm not moving because I've learned my lesson. Don't go anywhere you're not ready to be. Because if not, you're going to embarrass yourself. Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I close with this. This is the Christian version. The Christmas version, I should say of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it speaks love is patient, love is kind. Y'all ready? Here it go. If I decorate my house perfectly with plaid bowls, strands of twinkling lights, and shiny balls, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another decorator. If I slave away in the kitchen baking dozens of Christmas cookies, preparing gourmet meals, and arranging beautiful adorned tables at mealtime, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another cook. If I work at the soup kitchen, carol in a nursing home, and give all I have to charity but do not show love to my family, it profits me nothing. If I trim the spruce with shimmering angels and crochet snowflakes and attend a myriad holiday parties and sing in the choir's cantana. But do not focus on Christ. I have missed the point. Love stops cooking to hug a child. Love sets aside the decorating to kiss a husband. Love is kind, though harried and tarried. Love doesn't envy another person's house. But look at their lights. Why can't we get lights like them? Look at that. Love doesn't yell at kids to get out of the way. But love is thankful that you got kids in the way. Love doesn't give only to those who are able to give in return, but love rejoices in giving to those who can't. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. The video game is going to break. The neck is going to get lost. The golf club's going to get rusty. But the gift of love will endure to the end. When your kids look back on their life, they're not going to talk about the gifts you gave them. They're going to talk about the time you spent with them. Christmas 2016. Give them the gift of love. Tell them about the greatest gift ever given. Why we celebrate. Son, I'm going to give you a gift because it's the time of the year, but I I want you to understand the reason for the season. I want you to understand that, son, though I give you this toy, the greatest thing I can give you is a relationship with him. If I'm going to have a talk with my child this year, baby boy, I love you, daughter, I love you, and this stuff is cute, but all of this will pass away. I ain't crying yet, man. <laughs> but I about to, Mike. <laughs> he know me too well. Lord Jesus. <sighs> Thank you, Pastor Tom. <laughs> but what we have to remember in this season is to show them the love of Christ and his story. So this season, make it a season of talking more about him and less about stuff. As Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all else shall be added. Oh, thank you.
13: to give you strength between Sundays.
19: So he reveals himself to this Abraham. God says to him, I'm going to, through you and your descendants, build and establish a nation.
13: We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570, 910, and FM 102.1. Online at letstalkfaith.com.
9: I'm Bill Carl. I'm so glad Christmas is coming, and I'm so glad you're listening today. I'm with Jack Hibbert from Heart for Lebanon. The phone number that you can call uh, to provide a Christian education, to provide food, to provide a gospel witness to 18 children at a for Lebanon Hope Center is 877-873-0190. Jack, I have to tell you, we were talking a little bit off air. It's so sad that in this time when we're supposed to be so full of joy as we really think again and tell that story again of Jesus Christ coming to be with us and what that meant in terms of our salvation, it's so easy this time of year to to lose that joy it's so easy to get upset over all the coffee company didn't put the right logo on my cup or everybody's mad at charlie brown and rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and "Ah, i'm just mad i'm just upset i've been shopping too much my kids are driving me crazy and i think about these kids from uh, that you have uh, in your hope centers at heart for lebanon
0: three star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's